Welcome to Change Out Loud, the podcast where change management intersects with everyday life. I'm Kara Sundar. And I'm Adnan Ali. Well, welcome, everybody. We are talking today about creating a sense of urgency. If you are new to the change management field, this might be a new topic for you, but one of the change management founding fathers, John Cotter, he has some steps that he requires as kind of the baseline for creating a change plan. And the first one is creating a sense of urgency. And I think this is interesting because today we see this a lot in action. You know, you turn on the TV and every commercial is buy now, limited (laughs) time offer. And so I think marketers are really good at creating that sense of urgency and getting us to take action in a limited period of time. But this can be super challenging when you are working in an environment that maybe has a lot of change going on, people are feeling inundated with messaging. And so creating a sense of urgency that's not also veering towards the sense of doom, like mm-hmm. pay attention, but it's not going to be that difficult. <laughs> right. So it's important because it sets the stage, obviously, to get people to pay attention. Um, it helps you identify who people should look for, uh, look to for answers. So, you know, if, if a leader is sending a message about why this is important, it, it kind of provides that anchor for, for the long haul that you're about to go through. But Adnan, I'm curious about your perspective. What's the difference between creating a sense of urgency versus the dark side, which is <laughs> creating a sense of doom and creating panic? Yes. Well, I think there needs to be a path forward in your message. So when we think about creating a sense of urgency and if it's done right, I think what it does is it gets everyone to focus on the big picture and really kickstart everyone into action on we need to do something and let's all get together, agree on an approach and do this as a team together. Now, the opposite of that now is you might go too extreme, right? You want to create the burning platform, but that platform, you may have just burned the whole Float down at that place, and and there really is no path forward. Anyone looking at it would say, okay, you're you're telling me we're facing all of these challenges and obstacles, but I quite frankly don't see a path forward. So you need to be careful with how you craft your message. So when you're creating the urgency, make sure there is hope in that message somewhere. There's a path forward. There is something that people can buy into and tangibly do uh, to change the path. I think that's so important. Yes, that personal conviction to take action mm-hmm. of some kind, I find this keeps you from just being paralyzed to, oh, okay, I can do something. So even if it is a burning platform, truly, you know, maybe there's a big market shift that you didn't anticipate, mm-hmm. uh, that really allows you to get people motivated to do whatever it's going to take for the next, the next wave. Uh, totally. But even on smaller projects, maybe you're implementing a new tool. Um, there's going to be a new way of doing things. Even then, you know, if you've already faced a high level of change saturation in your organization to say, oh, and this process is going to change and you need to pay attention, it can really make people scared. So, yeah, finding that path forward, helping them understand what their next steps are, having somebody at the forefront, that's really helpful. Having someone who sets the stage. And also, I like the example that you mentioned earlier about marketing And one of the things I have found with marketers these days is they may have overused the sense of urgency. Mm. So I can't tell you how many times I walk past a store, you know, on on the street or a shopping mall and it's final sale, you have to act now. 
if you don't do it now, today's your last day. And yet again, the next day, there seems to be a better sale. <laughs> and, mm. and, and in some ways, you know, similar to our change management, we want to be careful not to overuse the sense of urgency. And when we're saying this is the path forward and it's really urgent that we all band together, that we truly mean it. Mm -hmm. And if we're not in a place where we mean it, maybe it's better to hold back because you don't want the urgency to lose its impact and you want to be very thoughtful about what you're communicating. So I, I think that's another important piece. And you know, I, I think it's something you see in very change saturated organizations. It's we have to do this now, we have to do this now. Um, and then everyone's saying it, but no one's really acting. Um, now seems to just get delayed. It's not mm -hmm. really now, it's maybe six months from now, it's maybe a year from now, or mm -hmm. who knows when. So so you, it's, it's, you almost want to use it wisely, right? Because you, you only have so many chances to do that and do it impactfully. That's an awesome point. Yes, be thoughtful with this tool in your toolkit. <laughs> so let's talk about how we do it. So if we know we are in the right time and the right space to create that sense of urgency, one of the things I have seen done well and done poorly is providing facts versus propaganda. So you might not have all the answers. Actually, you probably won't. If it's really an urgent case where you need people to act, it's very unlikely that you have the full training plan available and ready to go, and here we are. So you might not have all the answers, but it's time to get people to pay attention. So I would say treat your audience as professionals. They're mm -hmm. smart. Don't say everything's fine, but we need you to change. You know, Be honest with them about the facts that you have and let them know that you are gonna be working together to find answers. Yeah, I think it certainly lends more credibility to the messenger whenever you're doing that. Um, people will see that and really know that you value them because again, people can see through propaganda. So I can't tell you how many times I've been in meetings where I've heard from senior leaders, we can't say that because then people will know X, Y, and Z. And I have to explain to them, well, people already know this. And <laughs> You know, they can read the papers and they can read, you know, they talk to one another and they're very well aware of what's happening. And they so value when you respect them and you tell them what you can. I, I think that goes a long way. And if you don't know, I think saying, hey, I don't know right now. That's a great point. It's noted. Um, it's something we'll certainly keep an eye on. We'll get back to you. But um, we don't have the answers. And that's I think that goes a long way and people respect that. And I think leaders too can sometimes be scared of the reactions that they might get, the negative reactions that mm -hmm. could be seen as resistance, but sometimes just show engagement to a new idea. Um, I was part of an organization where they sent out a big email for a massive organizational change, but they said, most of you won't experience any shift in your daily work. <laughs> and it was a lie. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people were going to have to work really hard to make this possible. Mm -hmm. And so I think people felt disrespected because from the very beginning, they knew something is changing, something big is changing, and I'm going to need to pay attention. But this leader is telling me, don't worry about this. Yeah. Don't look it's a, over here. It's <laughs> a message too, but too good to be true, right? And, yeah, and it sounds yeah. like that's one of those. Um, I would say also to create a sense of urgency versus a sense of doom, you know, working with influencers and key people leaders, um, the front lines is going to be a really important place to reach because for them in particular, 
you know, they're not maybe in the same closed door meetings where the change is being discussed. They may not fully understand the strategy and the market changes that are bringing this about. So making sure that you get messages out to those key people leaders so that they can work with those people, be ready to answer questions, even if the answer is we don't know yet, but we're working on it. Right. That would be another recommendation. Also, <laughs> you could think about using time-specific language. So this is a lot like going through the mall, last day, final <laughs> sale. Um, you know, if there is a big shift that needs to happen, being able to say, by the end of the fiscal year, we need to have achieved X. Um, that can really give some concrete nature that will spur action versus this mm -hmm. very ambiguous hey, we got to change, we got to change quickly. Um, sometimes that can give you that opposite doom effect of just leaving people paralyzed. Right, and then also what is quickly? So for me, quickly right. might be a week, for someone else it might be six months, it might be right. a year, you, don't, you really don't have context. So I think it's, it's so important to be specific with your language and again, outline, you know, here are some of our targets and where we want to be and when. And at least that way, you all, you will have a good gauge, right? So say the timeline is a year. Um, you know that's the timeline for the start of a transformation that you're rolling out. If you set some very key uh, performance indicators and you define those out front, um, six months in you can see, hey, are we going to get there? You know, mm -hmm. does more have to be done? Um, you you can communicate along the way, and I just think it makes it more tangible for people to understand versus, oh, you know, we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> what does that What does that mean? And it lets you maintain same. that sense of urgency, mm -hmm. you know, rather than saying, everybody pay attention, burning mm -hmm. platform, and everyone just runs <laughs> in various directions at, at various speeds, uh, allows you to, to really set the pace for right. the marathon you're about to be on, right? Absolutely. I love that. And celebrating successes, you know, if you have people along the path who are doing a great job or are providing opportunities to learn, uh, really being able to call those out Again, you shouldn't celebrate too early. That is <laughs> one of John Cotter's <laughs> pillars. But, you know, being able to celebrate individuals or small things that you can all as a community be able to celebrate to ease the concern while also promoting that language around being time specific and, you know, specific about your, your expectations and such. Yeah, that's a great one. And it I think about recognition as well. So mm -hmm. recognize people who are, you know, doing things the new way or really helping to champion this change in the coalition. Um, recognizing people goes a long way in terms of just motivating and, you mm -hmm. know, getting people to continue forward. Um, it, it does go a long way. Right. So how do we keep it from signaling doom? Um, mm. I think about this, you know, big message from the top and mm -hmm. everybody starts to kind of freak out from the top down. Right. So uh, being able to coach leaders to help them empower their staff, again, this paralyzing fear versus taking action and being motivated. You know, it may take a, a change manager, you know, helping a, a leader coach their people to say, hey, these are the words that I would use. These are the words I wouldn't use. But really, as, as with any change, working closely with leaders and supervisors to make sure they know how to empower their staff. Right, right. And and also recognizing that leaders don't always have all the answers. So if you are in a leadership position, 
being open to the ideas that your staff or your teams have. Um, they might have some very great innovative ideas that the leadership teams haven't thought about. And, you know, why not encourage some of that brainstorming? Because, again, um, I think there's this misnomer that the leaders have all the answers. And truthfully, they don't, right? I think it's a collaborative, you know, shared knowledge across an organization. So how can we tap into that and really give people the space to experiment and throw out their ideas and, and see, you know, what sticks and what could work? Um, it, you know, it could be a good opportunity for that. Totally. And if you've got some people who are really good at that, you know, mm-hmm. getting them out in front to to yeah. set up focus groups or brainstorming sessions to provide avenues for that feedback loop that you should be creating for any change plan. You know, people who are naturally good at saying, hey, we've got to really accomplish this, but we're all going to do it together. We're going to lock arms and move forward quickly with not just quickly, but, you know, with time specific language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you will always want to be identifying them as soon as you get into a project. Who are those people that can really get out in front and motivate others? So it all goes back to people. Well, thanks everybody for listening to our podcast today. We would love to hear from you. Our email is still our old email. We may change it, but you know, changenerds at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks everyone.